go. <laughs> say it. Say it. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Mean it. Say it again. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Oh, not sexy, like real. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Nailed it. Yep, I, I started it. Oh, yeah? Dave, I started. Oh, you tricked me again. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. That's my little thing. You get recipes, and I start the recording uh, wherever. Well, at least I wasn't saying something stupid this time. You will. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wait. I for, will too. Let's. Look. I'll wait for when I know the mic is on. To <laughs> well, what, let's. Oh man, I'm I'm hot. You I'm hot? Coming at, well, no, in the in the mic. Oh. there it is. It's better. Where should we start? I got fucked by Chase Bank. Dude. You want to talk about that? Yeah, man. I'll get that out of the way. I got, so the a, rage. I got bank stories too, but yeah, I, I, you've been dealing with this for a while. Well, I like how, like, when all that stuff was happening, when it was Occupy Wall Street, uh-huh. I was like, yeah, but it's just, what's the big, but now I get fucked out of 650 bucks. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm camping in front of them. Whoa. Let's do it. I'm joining Anonymous. How did, what happened? No, somebody opened, somebody got my bank account information, opened up a PayPal account, and was just taking money out. And it started back in October, and it was like 99 cents. They take out a dollar, like these little tester amounts. Yeah, and then sometimes it looked like a regular person, fourteen ninety five or something. Like, yeah. oh, and I use my debit card for everything. Yeah, and so it would just blend in. Like, oh, I didn't notice. Like, I got I'm not trying to be a dick. I got different bank accounts for different things. So uh-huh. like, oh yeah, I probably bought some. For, that seems like uh, a meal. Yeah, fourteen ninety five. And then I noticed back in February, like four hundred ten bucks. I'm like, whoa, this is what's this? And Chase, it was pending payment. Chase stopped that one. But I looked like a couple weeks before that, they got like 500 some dollars out. And then before that, it was all these smaller amounts. And so I complained to Chase. Chase is like, well, you only have 60 days from the beginning of when it's reported to be theft that we're responsible for. So they were only responsible for October to December, which totaled like 47 bucks. So they only covered 47 bucks, and they told me I should have noticed it sooner. It's my fault for not knowing I was being robbed sooner, so they're not doing anything for me. So Chase Bank, uh, suck my limp dick, because I don't want either of us to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so man, and there's nothing you can do about that? I was on the phone. I was, you know, like, I was getting pissed, and, oh, you go to our claims department, and it's, it's, I just, it's just typical. I'm like, okay, just typical consumer got screwed. And ultimately, I'm the fucking dipshit because I wasn't monitoring. I wasn't like hawkeyeing every transaction of the bank account. And it's, so it's my fault that I didn't notice I was being robbed sooner, wow. according to Chase Bank. And of course, I bitched about it on Twitter. So if, that's, if we're keeping track uh, as far as companies, uh, never again. Chase Bank has made the list along with United Airlines and LifeProof phone cases, which are absolute dog shit. Don't ever think that a LifeProof phone case is waterproof. First off, you can't hear shit through it. You can't use your phone, but then it will leak once you put it in water. So your phone will break, as what happened to mine. And United Airlines is just a dog shit corporation. On top of it, so we're starting with uh, bitterness. We're wow. starting with bitterness. I'll throw Wells Fargo on that list. Oh, yeah. Everybody's uh, pissed off with them. About a year and a half ago, I started a four-week tour. Keep in mind, this is the same tour where my van got tagged. What a rough go. The next day, my van got broken into and my laptop stolen. And the next day, my van got destroyed in a head-on collision with a drunk driver. But prior to that sequence of events, literally a day or two before, the very beginning of the tour, uh, coming, I was leaving from L.A., driving all the way out to the southeast, and I stopped somewhere and got gas, obviously, in Texas. And then I, the next transaction, the next day, I noticed that my card was declined, and I called, and I knew I had money in it. Yeah. And I called, and I'm like, what's up? Oh, we, for, what do they call it, fraud protection, we, we suspended your account <clears throat> yeah. because somebody bought gasoline <clears throat> in Texas. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's me. Well, you got to call us and let us know. i got to call. you got to plan yeah, my comings and goings around my bank. And so anyway... They they suspended the account due to that, even after I called them and said, hey, man, it was me, no worries. <laughs> then the next day, they terminated my account because one too many of those fraud things, flags popped up, even though every single one of them was me buying gas in other states. 
but they said just by some algorithm in the in the system, they terminated my account. No, I'm, we no longer want your business, Mr. Stone. <laughs> then they kept all of my money. Granted, I didn't have a lot, but it was every dime. It was I, your money. I only had one account. I don't have various accounts. I had yeah. one account, all my money. They kept it for 15 business days. I even went so into a So you can't even ac- access your money like in person with ID? Nope. And I tried that. At the beginning of my tour, I needed that money. So fortunately, the rest of the tour was just day to day. I was literally, well, I'm going to make yeah. this money tonight. And hopefully, I'll make that money tomorrow. But I had no access to my money for 15 business days. That equated to over three weeks. And I mean, not only yeah. do we no longer want your business, but we're going to hold your money high. Uh, we're protecting hostage. you. Yeah. This is protection. Yeah. And I went, when I went into the bank and tried to get it, and then they wouldn't do it, I said, you realize if the shoe was on the other foot, I would be arrested for bank robbery. If I came in here and just took the amount of money you took from me, yeah. and even if I said I'll give it back to you in 15 business yeah, days, I'd be in jail money. for bank robbery. <clears throat> well, I'm, and it's no secret that banks suck. And, uh, and you know, if, uh, you know. Dumb on me for like, oh yeah, it is bad. What's terrible? And they should all be locked up. But I'm still at Chase, and then I get fucked, and I'm like, lock them up. Like, like now it's affected me. Per- Not even for the main reasons with the with the loans or anything. And I get it. Everybody right now is just screaming, join a credit union. Yeah, I'll get there eventually. Yeah, I'll get I there. I'm not using well. Chase. I got to do another thing. But, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, your fraud protection just protected whoever stole the money. Okay. The people at PayPal, I know they're supposed to be bad or I don't know. Every company's fucking. Have you contacted them? Every, yeah. And they were nice enough to at least get to the bottom of it. But yeah, it was somebody with a different name with my account information wow. that got the money out of Chase. Chase closed the, closed the claim with PayPal. They're like, no, nah, we're not going to pursue it. And we're just going to make the, our client eat the charges. Jeez. So they gave it like three weeks. They didn't do much with PayPal to try and find out who was stealing. It's like, nope. Fuck our client. Fuck PayPal. We're Chase. We're a bank. Big deal. It's not. We're not. We're never going to go under that whole yeah. too big to fail thing. Now all they do, they just have bigger balls. Like we can fuck up even more. Not even like on the level that I'm dealing with. Yeah. With what does a drop in the bucket, six hundred fifty bucks to a bank? But that'll be a conspiracy. You want to talk about these? We we're talking about before that. You know, J.P. Morgan and all these. You know founding corporate fathers and how they will be protected like the wealthy will be protected till the end mm-hmm. as was guaranteed by the bank bailout but if they if they go under it'll be oh we can't put them in prison fucking rich are gonna stay rich we we know that <clears throat> that's uh. anyway <clears throat> so that was my bitch that was my yesterday i had to do <laughs> first off i was like that yeah man i'm i'll fucking join anonymous i have no computer skills like the whole thing, like they're hacking it. Like I can't even remember my Facebook password. Like every month, I forget it too many times. Like you got to reset it. I'm like, you son of a bitch! You're just giving me another thing that's even newer to forget. Yeah. But so I probably won't be joining anonymous. Also, my name's Kyle Canane, and I'm uh, you know me. <laughs> kind of hard to be anonymous. Been on TV dozens of times. Yeah. <laughs> that's I'm anonymous. You can find me over at the Red Lion on Glendale Boulevard every other day. Being anonymous, just look for me with the fucking scream mask on. Oh man. I know it wasn't scream. I know it was Yeah, uh, V for Vendetta. Yeah. Thing? Guy Fox, Gee Fox, whatever. Who gives a fox? I've been That's comedy. I've been engaging in my own little Wars oh, yesterday. Man. You're, letting, you're letting people get under skin, Dave. Oh, man. Just some of these online dipshits. Well, people got no uh, no decorum. Got the, this. The cow, the cowards, the, the faceless courage that people get when they're online. Yeah, I won't even get into the one guy who yeah. I told to fuck off. Oh, yeah. Uh, we put the email out there. Geez. If you choose to abuse it by being a dickhead, expect what comes back. Yeah. And also remember, hey, anytime you want to complain mm-hmm. about the subject matter or the sound quality, tell us how much money we owe you Yeah. For, for what you've invested. Tell us how much do we need to pay you back. How much money have you wasted on the podcast that we owe you, that we owe you because you didn't like the content or yeah. the subject matter. Mm-hmm. So much so that you're going to write a long email to us detailing exactly how you're disappointed in the podcast. And then go between Dave and I, list why you don't like either of us and the subject matter. Please, at the end, give us a monetary total of what we owe you for ripping you off so much. How much is it? 
Oh, it's, oh, it's nothing. Yeah. Because this is free. Oh, my God. Is there a way uh, for you to jam your dick in your own asshole? <laughs> are you blessed enough? Are you blessed enough with a with a blessed with a large enough penis that you could bend it under and just thumb it into your own asshole? Because that's free too. Oh, anyway, that's my s- statement on it. Well, it's not even the constructive criticism that I, I you know, even I like, though that like, is whatever. And you can phrase like, "Hey, just my two cents. Yeah. I would like this." Yeah, this. That's uh, fine. A guy emailed in and he was just. Clearly, either telling either, me how to live my life. Tell both of us how yeah. to live. Our, yeah. Either okay, eggshells. Best case scenario, uh-huh. you've got Aspergers mm. or some condition where socially you don't realize that it's unacceptable to talk to strangers that way, either in person or through email, mm-hmm. or you're just one of the, just a troll. You're just you're like you just want a reaction. Here you go. If you're listening to this. You you got it. We're not going to say your name. We're not going to validate you like that. We read your email. And uh yeah, go fuck yourself. If you don't like it, find something else. I mean, uh, if you don't have, if you don't have Asperger's, you don't have a problem. Oh, you're just a dickhead. You're just faceless and you have the courage to say things through email. Fuck good. Congratulations. I did invite him to if he saw me out at a bar to yeah. to come up and tell me the same stuff again, see how that works out. So, I would love just one time to find out a troll is just a seventy-hour-a-week bodybuilder, and he takes so much time with these Herculean fingers to type out messages. Like, what if that was the case one time where a troll is also, I'm also a fucking black belt, but I'm also a total cunt online. You know what? I don't still don't feel gratification through uh, the uh, the martial arts. I still need to antagonize people online. No, bullies at least do it physically yeah. in your face. Then I dealt with this dum-dum. Uh, this is a little less severe, but equally as annoying. I, and I get this a lot. And let me preface it by saying, anybody who's taken the time or energy to follow either one of our careers yeah. and become fans of our stand I appreciate that more than you'll ever know. Yeah. Because you're talking to a guy who spent 95% of his career in complete anonymity. You know, When you start out, mm-hmm. no one knows, no one cares. Who the fuck are you? Yeah. Get out of here. <clears throat> I'm fortunate enough, mainly due to this podcast, that some people are starting to notice who I am and follow. Yeah. I appreciate for, the shit. For I'm better at. or worse. For better or worse. But keep in mind, you and I both travel all over the country. We meet people mm-hmm. every week. I've met so many people. Just refresh my memory. If you want to reach out, if we yeah. have met before, if we've communicated before, that's fine. But just maybe one line of, hey, Dave, I don't know if you remember me. We met and blah, blah, blah. Here's my question. Here's my statement. Whatever. Yeah. But I get so many people just starting in the middle of a conversation, yeah. like 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 we're we're pals that I'm supposed to. Remember. If you yeah. text me something, some non sequitur, I'll know what it is because I, oh, yeah. that's Kyle. And yesterday we were talking about A, B, or C. But I get people who I haven't communicated with maybe ever, or it's been several months who I've never met in person, and it's like, come on, refresh my memory. Yeah. I don't know who you are. I got this the other day. Okay, just out of nowhere. Hey, didn't I message you from the old account letting you know what's going on? I go, you may have the wrong person. This is on Facebook. This is on Facebook Messenger. And then then he gets all snarky. Uh, I picked you right out of my friends list from the old account. I'm pretty sure this is the right Dave Stone. What can I help you with, dude? Didn't I send you the message from the old account explaining you what this transaction is about? Right then, I thought it was some sort of scam. So I said, no, but good luck with your ambiguous scam. Then I backtracked and looked at who it was. And two weeks earlier, the same guy, whom I don't remember meeting in person, sends me a thing. Hey, I'm changing my Facebook accounts. Will you send a friend request to the new one? Even though initially you sent me the friend request. I don't remember who you are. Why would I yeah, why do I give a oh, shit about your new account? You're playing into Facebook hands. Like you're just giving <sighs> you're, you're playing into the new government. So then I say, "Oh, I see. You sent a message last week asking me to send a friend request to your new account. Then you decided to follow it up with quote, didn't I message you from the old account letting you know what's going on?" I go, this is how you've chosen to communicate with a stranger? And he goes, oh, I see. I'm a stranger now. Is that how it is? I go, have we met? He goes, yes. I go, when and where? Maybe He's, leave out the details yeah. so we're not pinpointing. But when and where was three years ago for 10 seconds at a show. 
<laughs> at a show. And I'm like, dude, and, and all that's fine. It's fine if we met 10, but maybe don't just, hey, dude, why haven't you followed my new account? Uh, yeah. Guy who you don't know who I am. Yeah. Hey, man, we met Jesus. here. It's, it's not, you know, we're not trying to come off like assholes here. No. <clears throat> but I don't have that mental capacity to remember. My memory shot anyway. Through whatever I've done to myself <laughs> in pursuit of momentary pleasure. So the fact that, yeah, if I, if I don't, no, here's a preemptive apology. If I see like, hey, man, how's it going? And I'm like, oh, I can't. I try to be polite. I have a problem. Like I, I, I want everybody to like me. So I'm like, oh, I'll try and be nice about it. But we were talking about this you, before. I don't think you have that. Not nearly as bad as most people in this town. I ch- well, I you know I'm not going to put up bullshit. Yeah, I'm I mean, still like, like if somebody emailed me like, oh, I had a, like a, a Lyft driver that took me from the airport. Turns out he was a stand up, and we talked for like the whole ride. It was a good conversation. And then today I'm like, oh, I never. Eat. I'm like, yeah, find me on Facebook, and I realize I never wrote back him. So I wrote back him today, like three weeks later, just because I'm like, oh, I hope you didn't think I'm an asshole. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, what am I going to start? Am I going to be best friends with him? I don't know. But it was like, oh, that's a guy who does comedy. You met somebody in the world through a happenstance. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this is just, it's just Just a decorum. little decorum. Just <laughs> common sense. It's common sense. Yeah. Just, but like, I do that in real life. If people I know I've met two or three times, but if there's the faintest chance that they don't remember me, yeah. I'll always say, um, hey, Mike, we met, you know, such and yeah, such. And he goes, oh, yeah, Dave, Dave, I know you, Dave. Yeah. Give, him a, give him a what have you so you can yeah. just eliminate that awkwardness. Yeah. But like we're, like, like we're saying, politeness doesn't always come with common sense or intelligence and vice versa. You know, you could be... Uh, you know, an, a borderline autistic rocket scientist who could figure out how to loop the moon in light years, and you, I, you'd want to slap that guy if you met him at a bar. And the other way, somebody, the biggest sweetheart in the world, you know. Well, here's a decent rule of thumb. Might not know how to communicate. Two two. Communicate online the same way you would com- communicate in person. If I'm at a bar... And some guy, some stranger, seemingly a stranger, walks up to me yeah. and goes, Hey, dude, how come you haven't followed my new account? I'd be like, well, Who the hell are you? Yeah. You know, could you imagine doing that to somebody at a bar? You get, I mean, you get punched in the more, mouth. I, I just, I, you gotta let stuff go, man. The more and more stuff, I'm like, especially with trolls, just a general is like, as soon as you respond, you've given them what they want. They don't want to win. They just want to know that they you heard them and you got bothered by it. Yeah, that's, that's it. I don't know what the psychological um, problem is there with somebody. Is it, is it just loneliness? Is it that you have no control in your real life that now online like you can provoke? I always go back to pump up the volume. Remember that movie? <laughs> I do. Like Christian Slayers is like cripplingly shy kid, except when he had his ham radio operation, he was like loudmouth snarky taking down the system. I feel that's how these people envision themselves, except they're just fucking twats. Like, look at, oh man, I'm riling them up. It's like, yeah, you're just being an asshole and you don't have the balls to do it in real life. Ugh. Like you've just been given, even like I just read something, like the creator of the internet was just lamenting how it's filled with scumbags the other day. Like, it was just like, oh yeah, it's a lot of nasty people out there. It's not what I had envisioned yeah. when I created the internet. Uh, obviously with a message of positivity, hoping that, you know, cooler, kinder heads prevail. But I don't know, you just gave people uh, something to hide behind. Yeah, and look what happens when you give humanity something to hide behind. They turn into shit bags. I try to like not engage that anymore. I try mm-hmm. like, well, I'm dipping in here. I was, I was trying to write a joke about like using the internet. It's like having to wade through a lake of flaming sewage just to get a like a hard boiled egg recipe. <laughs> Look at this hard boiled egg recipe. Ah, fuck you, you're a fucking faggot. Suck my dick. Fuck. Like, oh, why did I? Did I want this this bad? Did I have to go? Like, just information, just direct to the information. Oh, man. Social media. You can leave it. People don't realize you can leave it. Yeah. Or you can limit it. Newsfeed eradicator for Facebook. One of the best things I've done. You install it, you don't see anybody's bullshit. I still use the messages. 
I see nothing. Facebook, the news feed, totally blank. Yeah. And it's great. I don't get caught. Twitter, I, you know, you follow who you want to follow on there. It's it, But that news feed eradicator, oh, baby, it's great. No well, distractions. I realize I'd sit there looking for, for an hour just getting annoyed. Yeah. It's it's a waste of time. Going back to, like, the troll of the podcast, like, uh, here's something, too, that people may not realize or understand. And I think you and I both are in agreement with this. I'm not going to sell my soul for this podcast, for fame, for listeners, whatever. Like, uh. if you're a piece of shit, and I talked about that months ago, like the, the guy, the listener who was sexually harassing somebody online. If you're a piece of shit, we, I don't want you as a fan of me personally or this no. podcast. I don't – we don't – I'm not going to do anything and everything just to get as many fans or listeners as possible. I don't give a shit. If you're a, sh- <laughs> if you're a shit bag, yeah. go fuck yourself. That's why I'll yeah. gladly take one less listener if that means our listener base it has one less dipshit. I'll take a thousand less listeners if they're yeah. assholes. Yeah. I, we don't want you. I, 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 man, I had a question. I saw, saw like, like somebody with one of them peppy frog things, that alt-right frog – I, I don't even know. I don't, like, I don't even want to learn so much about it. But I don't it's like know what that is. Right, it's a meme that the alt-right took over, and it's just some cartoon frog that that's... I don't even want to spend the mental yeah. energy trying to understand it. But followed me on Twitter. I looked, and it's some alt-right dude. I'm like, now, do I just open up and be like, hey, what the fuck, boy? Why are you following me? He's like, no. It, it, again, if you believe in free speech... That's there to protect things you hate as much as things that you love. Mm-hmm. And I've rarely blocked people on Twitter unless they're just directly coming at me and being assholes. And I'm just like, nah, you're just a waste of time. So I'm like, all right, well, you, you, I mean, it's up to you to follow me. Yeah. But, like, I don't, I want to know, like, what have I been doing? That's attracting. I mean, if it's funny, you should, like, you know... What's humorous, I'll still laugh at an occasional, you might be a redneck. Some of those got me, you know? Like, mm-hmm. all right, that's not that's not my brand and whatever Fox really stands for. But if a joke's funny, I don't like jokes. But I was, I was like, man, have I been saying something that's somehow appealing to that? Because that, I feel bad. Yeah. I feel bad about myself. I know what you mean. <laughs> I've had that, like, after live shows, like, just... Just some yeah. dipshit oh, in a no, rebel dude. flag onesie will just come up and tell me how great he thought I was. I was like, oops, really? Uh, well, yeah, hopefully. Uh, you, ho- you liked it? Hopefully you're going to surprise <laughs> me with something in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, but, but hey, there's no no account for take. Yeah, it's not like we're like doing some highbrow shit. Like, I can't believe it's like, no, I'm, not, yeah. I'm still talking Fucking farts and beer, but I like well anyway. Anyway, well, cool, buddy. Moving on. Uh, you got some good news. Good, uh, good bill of health from the doctor. Yeah, man, I'm gonna ride one of these goddamn bikes sitting in the learning. Yeah, soon you we're done with this recording. Start shredding again. I'm gonna get out there, get rad, get sponsored. <laughs> You've been on the sideline for what a month or two? Yeah, man, I've been out of competition for a while. Yeah, back out there. So, <laughs> any any uh, bike companies want to sponsor the kid? <laughs> I'm, I'm wear, want me to wear the jersey. You want me to be tucking the front of a bike jersey and over a beer gut? <laughs> you let me know. Anybody else specialized? Kona? Ibis? What are we doing? Cannondale? You want to get on it? Let me know. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's good. Yeah, you're, you seem in better health than in recent I weeks. feel great, man. You're, you're not... I quit. I stopped drinking a lot. Yeah? I didn't quit drinking. I just quit drinking a lot. There you go. Well, our, our, our one buddy will be glad to know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Yeah. No, fuck that. Just because of that guy, I'm going to drink more. Uh, uh, yeah, I feel all right. You cool. feel all right, Dave? Dude, I'm doing good. Having a good week. Yeah. Just, How's uh, your week? What's your week? Yeah, yeah I don't know. What did you see last night? Oh, I uh, made out. I'm like, what'd you see, Dave? Dave, what'd you see? I'll tell you about how last week I almost got uh, sprayed by a skunk. So that was a, that was a close call. Yeah. And then uh, last night I made uh, locked eyes with a raccoon. <laughs> Sitting in the van, it's really late. Uh, locked eyes with a raccoon, and it's. Uh, I, I talked about like how I enjoy like. Uh, well, it's. I don't really have any other option, but like late at night, you know, I don't. I don't go to sleep till pretty late. So uh, after I'm done prowling and lurking, uh, I'll go back to the home base, and I'll just sit in the uh, driver's seat. It's like you're on safari. Yeah, forever. exactly. 
and it's uh you know one o'clock in the morning in a warehouse district. It even though it's Los Angeles, it does get really peaceful. It gets quiet. Mm-hmm. It's dark. Oh yeah, you get some. Oh, it's you very know, peaceful. Business areas. People are gone for the day. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so last night I'm sitting there and I got the window rolled down. It's about one a.m. and uh, just nice peaceful L.A. night. You can kind of hear the hum of the freeway, you know, half a mile away. But other than that, just nice peace. And I hear this little little pitter patter, mm-hmm. and I uh, and I'm, I'm very. It, because of my situation, I have to be hyper vigilant, you know, about or hypersensitive about my yeah. surroundings because um, I have had a couple of encounters in my van days. But uh, so you know, I got I got good hearing, and I hear this little pitter patter, and then right like two feet from my driver's door, uh, this raccoon walks by, mm-hmm. and the poor guy's limping. He's got a really severe limp, and his front right paw. He's not using it. He's got it hovering off the ground like it's busted, injured. A busted stem. Yeah, busted stem, and he's he's hobbling. You could tell he's got a real labored gait. And then right when he gets you know right next to me, he looks up at me, and we locked eyes. And he just had this look of like, "You too, huh?" Rough going. He's <laughs> had a day. Had a moment with a raccoon. I broke a couple up in a tree right out here. When I got home Sunday, I heard him fighting. Really? I don't think they were humping. I don't think it was romance. I think they were just fighting each other. So I <laughs> put a little flashlight on them. They both just stopped, looked at me like, oh, oh all right, okay. So, sorry, Dad. All right, we'll cool it down. <laughs> I like raccoons. I follow Pumpkin the raccoon on Instagram. Oh, follow, really? Follow Pumpkin? No, I don't. I follow a little mini pig. Ooh, I don't yeah, know pig follow uh, Elbert, uh, Egbert, uh, Egbert right, the mini pig. pig uh, who who is raccoon. Pumpkin? Just a raccoon that somebody has, and they got a dog, too, and they just hang out. That's awesome. Yeah, raccoons seem like they'd be pretty fun. I like non-traditional pets. Yeah, I, my thing is like just where they shit. You know, I would. Like, you know what, my friend had like I, like a bird would be fun, like a cool bird. Uh-huh. My friend had a parakeet when I was younger, and it would just fly around the house and hang out with you. That's cool. Land on your shoulder, just kick it with you. Bird shit everywhere. Yeah, like if you can get beyond that, like if you could teach the bird like just shit in the cage. Great, but no, it's just the whole I, house was like a statue. I want a cat that can uh, use the toilet. I've seen that. I mean, they got a toilet. No, but like an actual toilet. You've seen that where they get up on the human toilet and use yeah. the, do the bed. That's better. You know, that's that's more hygienic than shitting in a box in a closet. Is it? I think so. Have dirty. Teach them to flush shit it. Feet on the. They don't flush. Yeah. They're selfish. Oh well. What you? What you? You showed me a video of uh, your feature film debut. <laughs> well, I talked about should that briefly that, last make, week. Yeah, I should make that public. Yeah. <laughs> Should I, should I post that? Yeah. Once we once we get a website. Yeah. We're not sponsored by Squarespace, but once we get this website up <laughs> and they see what we've done, they probably will sponsor us because they sponsor. Let's just start saying we're sponsored by the same people that every other podcast. <laughs> Stamps.com. <laughs> Tell them uh, uh, Dave and Kyle sent you. And they'll be like, who's that? Like, you should know. And we- they'll be like, oh, thank. Whoa, hey. David Kyle, thanks for sending so much. This is uh, this is GregoryStamps.com. Thanks so much for sending that much business by, by us. We do have a new one coming. We won't mention it yet because we're not getting paid for it yet. But we got a we got a, yeah. a fun new sponsor. Until we see the money, now that'll that'll be fun. Maybe they'll start sending us some free stuff. But uh, oh yeah, you're referring to my feature film debut. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I mentioned briefly last week. I got so many chapters of my life. It's hard to. Keep up with you're, what I've you're t- like an onion, Dave. Not just because of the smell. Oh. <laughs> ah, who's, got, uh, boy. who's got bits? Uh, I'm in the zinger zone. Look out! <laughs> Got to put on my helmet. <laughs> zinger zone. Um, that's that's the radio DJ coming out. You're yeah. in the zinger zone with Dave. Hey, watch out! Um, yeah, I mentioned uh, briefly last week that I used to be the tour manager for Chris Jericho's band Fozzy. And then uh, another band, Stuck Mojo. They were kind of, mm-hmm. minus Jericho, it was kind of the same core groups. Uh, Fozzie uh, was Chris Jericho, and then essentially the entire band of Stuck Mojo, who oh, was okay. one of the pioneers of, like, rap metal. But, uh, yeah, they were, they, were, they were big at the time. But, uh, yeah, and uh, we were talking off, off the air a while ago about uh, the movie I did. It was called uh, Fozzie Unleashed or, uh, yeah, Uncensored. I don't know. We shot. It was a mockumentary. It's a thirty-minute mockumentary, and they played it on VH1 and MTV. And looking back, it was a blatant Spinal Tap ripoff. Yeah. It was just about a rock band, and that Fozzie started kind of as a novelty joke cover band. Yeah. Their first album was all covers, like '80s metal, like Priest and Maiden and stuff like that. And the the storyline, the gimmick was, oh, we've been in Japan for twenty years. 
locked into a terrible contract. And in the meantime, all these American bands oh, stole our stole song. Those are our songs. That's kind of a funny concept. Yeah. And so the, the, the movie is just kind of a mockumentary about them coming back to America for the first time in 20 years and reclaiming their title as, like, the true kings of metal. Is it on the YouTube? Yeah, it's on YouTube. I think they got it chopped up into two or three parts. But uh, I was – not only was I their tour manager, but for the purpose of the movie and the purpose of the live show, uh, I was also their mascot. Not unlike uh, was it Maiden who had a, Iron Maiden had Maiden the mascot had Eddie. Eddie. Well, Fozzie had Arthur, and Arthur was this uh, pig man. He was uh, he yeah. was this dude who dressed up in a Boy Scout uniform and wore a pig mask and chased Jericho around the stage with a chainsaw. So that was me, and uh, I think we touched on this briefly, but uh, well, you had never seen the movie before. No, and you showed me clips. My acting debut. Dave Stone, a young Patrick Warburton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I played the the guy with the pig mask, but I also have a, a non-masked, yeah. an unmasked role. And uh, yeah, 21-year-old Dave. Yeah, man. Remember to put put the coordinates out, put the time stamp for this, <laughs> and see a young, uh, uh, striking Dave. I'm Beardless. Say handsome. Fresh-faced. Beardless and handsome. Remember, yeah. remember like the 90s when like... the coolest thing you could have was a chain wallet and like yeah. frosted spiked hair? Like, yeah. People don't realize that Guy Fieri is just the coolest thing from 1996. True. Like the party bowling shirts. And with the flames on it. With the flames. <laughs> That's the coolest fucking look you could have had. Well, according to some. 20 years ago. Yeah. No, but I, I remember like all like oh going to, like going to a show or something like yeah I got my peroxided hair spiked you? up oh yeah you you peroxided your hair oh man oh I, see I never bought into that I had green I had red I had really yeah, I'm not doing it up well you were a punk rocker so you kind of yeah had I, was to. A, I was a punk rocker but like a suburban pop punk rocker take Guy Fieri and put him take that look and put it back to '96 was that guy. A cool punk rocker, or was he still kind of a douche? No, and you look at what? No, the the no, that's what it looked like. That was the look back okay. in the day. It's yeah. just now he's still got that yeah. look. Hmm. I mean, he's just he, people. You get lock into what works best for you, and you just hang on to it. But do you think he looks in the mirror and is like, "What am I doing?" Man, or does I, he look in the mirror and go, "Hell yeah, dude!" That that of course that that guy has no worries. He's never second-guessed himself, yeah. and that's, I think, a key to his success. He always believed in who he was in his brand of being like, that's bam, that's Flavortown, that's amazing. Believed in that, and people bought onto it. It's the easiest show to just put on and not worry about while you're doing other stuff. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. Every place I go to, I'm like, oh, this is a weird little off-the-road place. There's Guy Fieri's fucking face on the wall. He'd been there first. Shane Torres has the best joke about it, yeah. and I won't ruin the joke because good old Shane got a half-hour special that he's going to be recording next week for yeah. Comedy Central. Good for See him. See the joke on there, but Shane Torres, former Comic Week. Uh, yeah, and just like, why is everybody so upset with him? <clears throat> By the way, I've had more than one person ask me, why, don't, why aren't you doing a half-hour like I have control over that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I chose not to. Ask Comedy Central that. This isn't saying much for either this. I think more people probably listen to this podcast than would see the half hour. <laughs> but I do get that a lot. Like, why aren't you? Or like when I on tour dates, why aren't you playing such and such? Because your shitty comedy club won't return my email. Like, if it were up to me, I'd be on all the shows and touring all the cities. Get him, man. But, you know. Then tell yeah those people. You hit up your comedy club if you want to see Dave there. Tell them when they're like, who would you like to see? You say this guy. But like some some people that they're going to sell some tickets. Going back to, I appreciate the interest and the support, but like mm-hmm. some people like seemingly like get mad. Like, why aren't you coming to South Florida? Like, I would love to come to South Florida. Who yeah. who who do I call? Who do I contact? Yeah, I, I think mean, it's going to take more than uh, I'll go anywhere. Fifty bucks and a chicken wing to get me to <laughs> Fort Lauderdale from Los Angeles. Oh boy. So, well, we've been talking about our bullshit for a while. Yeah, that's what we do. What 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 do we want to get into it? I think we should. Oh, this is the Boogie Monster with Kyle and Dave. Right, right. In case you know, we got we got to say the title. Yeah, preferably not a half hour in. We're contract contractually obligated you let by no one. Know. Yeah. So, um, well, anyway, a couple weeks ago, uh, we did uh, kind of a two parter on. 
flat earth. And by the way, let me, let me also throw this out there real quick. And I thought I made this clear almost on every episode. But the point of this podcast yeah. is for us to just kind of explore and yeah. riff and bullshit on some of these unknown topics. I, just because we do a topic doesn't necessarily mean that no, we both buy it. We're not endorsing it. That's, I love that people are like, <laughs> why, don't you, hey, why don't you skip to real stuff like Bigfoot and UFOs and stop wasting my time with this bullshit flat earth? <laughs> like, re- these are the hairs you're choosing to split. Yeah. That's amazing that that there was a few comments, some in jest, like, can't believe you guys are making me research this shit now, which I feel the same way. I call bullshit on almost everything. Yeah. But I like hearing about it. It's for entertainment purposes. I, I don't think there's, uh, short of Bigfoot, I don't think there's a topic where I'm like, yes, I, Dave Stone, fully endorse this. I think, you know, it's a, it's probably the same thing, though. Like, it's just the quality of disbelief. Yeah. It's, you know, where you could watch a movie like Aliens and be like, that movie was amazing and frightening. And then you watch a movie like Transformers and go, fuck you. <laughs> like, it's the same. <clears throat> you know, like, it's like, what will you allow yourself to enjoy? Like, Fast and Furious movies, I'm like, yep, totally. You could totally drive that, fi- that fiberglass sports car. Through one building into another building through the sky, I'll, I'll buy it. But if you try and serve me some other bullshit, like there's so, like I'm trying to think of an example of something else that's just not well done. Like if you don't even give me the physics of it, movie magically, yeah, don't even show it in a remotely physically possible way. I'm like, get the fuck out of here with yeah. that. <laughs> so yeah. Uh- yeah, I don't think I ever said I'm on board with uh, Flat Earth. I'm, oh. I'm intrigued by it. Somebody else is talking about it. All right. Convince me. Yeah. We're both here from a let's look into it. And the same could be said about today's topic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, kind I of- still feel like we can even just to call the Flat Earth thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, did you hear anything in there? We heard interesting takes on it. Mm-hmm. And some people were like, here's an easy way to disprove it. No, we know how to disprove it. Mm-hmm. We're looking for somebody to give us something to prove it. Uh, and I didn't hear enough for me to even have a, a, like a curiosity that it's possible. Hmm. Well, my thing is with all these topics, I I give everything the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Because I've always said I'm smart enough to know that I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, like I, we opened with the, the statement of... The flat Earth thing, like I, the reason I think the Earth is round is because yeah. I was told that my whole life, yeah, and I bought into it. So let me at least hear what these other people have to say. Yeah, and it's kind of the we, whole point we, of this. We did a little research, and we're like, no, no. <clears throat> but then today, and- the, kind of a lateral move today from flat Earth. I was trying to make a That's how you move a, a joke in there. A flat places yeah, laterally. Exactly. Um, you ever heard of? Uh, and I honestly have never even. Maybe in my peripheral, I've heard of this topic, but not, I can't, mm-hmm. never really paid it any mind until recently. Hollow Earth. <clears throat> this stemmed from the flat Earth idea. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about not is the Earth flat, but is it hollow? And if so, what's inside there? All right. <clears throat> this is pretty fascinating shit. And uh, I'm new to the topic, so uh, there's still a lot of research I have not done. But uh, what little research I've done, it all kind of stemmed from, uh, we did touch on uh, Admiral Richard Bird. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Dick Bird. Dick Birds. <laughs> oh, Dick Bird. Um, he's, Exploring. Uh... He's an explorer. He was the youngest admiral in the history of the U.S. Navy. Uh, I don't know if he's credited with being the first, but one of the first guys to kind of really go up to the North Pole and root around, see what's going on up there. He went down to the South Pole, I think, on at least four different occasions. Went to the South Pole, Antarctica. We were talking about Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. But uh, old Dick Bird, um, you got that thing pulled up that we can reference there in a minute. Mm-hmm. But evidently, in one of his, I think in 1947, this was before uh, Operation High Jump. I think that was, what, 54, 56 down in Antarctica. But in 47, he and uh, I think he, he had a couple people. He's flying a plane. He had a couple of crew members with him. They're flying up, going to go root around in the North Pole, see what's going on up there. 
and uh, ran into some weird weather, some weird clouds, some weird ice and snow. Next thing you know, old Dick Bird is flying his airplane into a magical land inside the surface of the earth. Mm-hmm. This is straight out of a sci-fi novel. It sounds completely unbelievable, but uh, Richard Bird, highly respected naval officer. Yeah, this uh, guy, not I, some wackadoo. Crazy, crazy decorated. Yeah, just highly respected, crazy decorated. Well, apparently he stumbled on, and uh, some people give it the term, uh, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, uh, Agartha. I think that's well, how the you only can... people who could tell us the correct pronunciation would be the people who live in Agartha. That's true. Would be the residents of the Hollow Earth. So Agartha is apparently... Um, Maybe if we say it wrong enough, they'll get annoyed, come here and correct us. It's true. <laughs> the, that is the land that is uh, supposedly located inside the Earth. If the Earth is hollow, then people who believe in that also believe that there might be not only a land, but uh, a different, different folks, some people... Living global nougat, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Dick Bird, nineteen forty-seven, he flew his plane into Agartha. He was trying to get up to the North Pole, did something, and flew into the hole, into the center of the Earth, and stayed there for several hours and met some of the inhabitants. He met with some of their leaders, and um, I forgot—I don't know what he called this one leader, but first of all, they were all very friendly. The master, didn't he? yeah, the master. And he said, uh, at first, obviously, he was very confused and bewildered and nervous, but he said that uh, they put out a very benevolent vibe, said he didn't detect any hostility. Uh, They welcomed him in, but they did talk to him. The master did talk to him about, hey, listen, since you're here, maybe you can relay a message to your people. Uh, The master was concerned. This was in 47, right after the atomic bomb had been dropped. So he's like, hey, look. You need to tell your folks that uh, that's no good. You, got, you can't be dropping atomic bombs on, yeah. on your own people. So, but Abe, I, I feel like so. I feel World War II provided such fodder for imagination and science fiction. We should note that this is coming from his secret diary. Yeah, he and he, also his middle name is Evelyn. I didn't know that. So that's what I'm digging up over here. Who would do that to their son? Not really relevant to the story. Middle name Evelyn. So he did... uh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, so so he... This is coming from Richard Byrd's secret diary that was published by a fellow named uh, Walter Siegmeister under the pseudonym of something else, where I can't find where I wrote it down. Um, But... So the guy who published this secret diary of old Dickie Birds was a uh, was of the alternative reality scene back in the back in the forties. So let's let's put that out there. This isn't one of Richard Bird's published works. Yeah, this just came like from this guy who was a, a mystic who found his secret diary, and he intentionally and, withheld it. Most of his life, because he knew he would catch so much shit. You know, he didn't. He wrote this journal just, you know, to to document his experience. But he did. He didn't want to publish it. He didn't want it out till very, very late. But in it life. conveniently got published by a, a hippie who tried to start a master race in South America. <laughs> just saying. All right. So all right. High jump got cut short. So he went to the North Pole. He goes. He flies into it. And he's meeting these people that are saying, please don't bomb the crust. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> By the way, there crust is... bombs are also <laughs> Little Caesar's new special. <laughs> By the way, uh, if you Google 1968... Um, I'll fucking do it right now. What, what did I have this? There's an image. In 1968, a satellite took an, took an image of the North Pole with a gaping hole. Just Google 1968 gaping hole? Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know if you should Google gaping <laughs> hole. Uh, I'm going to do it. Just but apparently uh, there's two entrances, entrances to Agartha, one in the North Pole, one in the South Pole. Well, actually, uh, uh, which I'll get into later, there's actually rumored to be other uh, entrances. It's got a mouth and a butt. 
All right, I see what you're saying. You see that? So it's a uh, it's just the image of the Earth, but then there's a very symmetrical giant yeah, black it looks hole. Like a pretty perfect. And why don't you see it now? I don't know. Some people think that maybe NASA is editing these for better or for worse. I mean, I could see the mystery coming up with places like North Pole and Antarctica, not easily explored by the common man, but could be accessed very uh, you know, readily by military or something, and therefore leading to ideas like Nazi UFOs and all this stuff. Like, like that, that's what, like, like I was saying, World War II, when you think about the rise of UFO sightings, all these things. Think, I mean, could you imagine being alive in the time of World War II, where we had the most powerful nuclear weapon in annihilated parts of the Earth? We had a clear visual villain like Hitler, who was genocide, just clear, obvious evils happening. That can easily spawn the imagination of millions to yeah, start believing in that's true in things and other theories and space aliens and how the different technologies that were coming out of war were leading to people believing in UFOs or, like we've discussed before, and is with the hollow earth, the human race pushed it too far Mm -hmm. to where finally outside intervention had to have like, hey guys, all right, listen, we were going to sit back and just observe, but you guys are fucking it up. Mm -hmm. Which, where are they now? Whereas North Korea, maybe that's a maybe that's a little moment of peace, knowing hey, if there's not aliens coming down to say knock it off, maybe we're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. You really got to fuck up for the aliens to show up. So if there's no aliens coming around now with the way things are going, we're either doing fine or even the aliens are like, yeah, we tried once. You guys <laughs> didn't learn. In the dawn of time, you guys, in the last hundred years, you've just fucked everything you've set up <laughs> since you evolved from monkeys, and this is the end. All right. We- Movie's over. <laughs> you know, maybe aliens are like, oh, so this is how it ends? Ah, we saw this coming for the last 70 years. We saw this ending. Yeah. Uh, speculation. Uh, Not fact, speculation. But all right, so I'm seeing this picture. So anyway, Richard Bird's flying his airplane, and he goes into that hole, unbeknownst to him at the time. Mm-hmm. And granted, he's right up in and around the North Pole, and now he's flying, and he notices below him is just this green, lush land he's like what's all this greenery doing down here i thought i was up in the north pole then apparently he sees a woolly mammoth from his airplane first he sees a lush green wonderland where i should be and then he sees a woolly mammoth and he's like what the hell's going on here then some ufos saddle up beside him that sounds like he's just adding he's seeing some flying saucers they direct him to land he lands and he sees Human-type creatures, but he says they're all 10 to 12 feet tall. Blonde-haired, giant men. 10 to 12 feet tall. It's like when a kid just keeps making up a story because they're having fun. This is the most (laughs) decorated naval officer in the history of the U.S. Navy. A credible dude. As published by... I'm more fascinated with the guy who published it. Published by a guy who... Again, went to Ecuador in 1941 to try to start a master race with a guy named Johnny Love Wisdom. (laughs) So, I'm just saying, that's where this publication came from. Oh, man. He thought that Brazil had the entrances to the hollow earth. Mm. The the, The guy who published these things, Walter Sigmeister, thought you could access hollow earth from Brazil. Well, that's true. Let me read off some of his journal here, okay? Hit me with some journal. I'm looking at pictures of this. How would gravity work if you were flying inside? Well, one theory is that it has been reversed, all right? Before we get into his thing here, let's let's backtrack and look at some real basic um, structure of the Earth itself. Obviously, we're all familiar with the Earth's crust. That's the part that we live on, okay? Mm. You got your crust. Below that, you've got your mantle. Below that, you've got your outer core. And then in the very center, you've got your inner core. Yeah. Okay, so kind of... And then there's more subdivisions, you know, if you want to get real specific. But those are basically the four basic elements of the Earth. The crust, the mantle, the outer core, the inner core. Some people think that if Agartha is real and the Earth is hollow, 
then they live somewhere between the inner and outer core. They think there's a sun where the inner core would be. They think that there's an interior sun. There's a sun inside the Earth and that maybe gravity has reversed itself. So they they're we're kind of the opposite of what they're doing and vice versa. So they're walking around <clears throat> upside down to our point of view. So it's not that it's totally hollow. It's not like a Fabergé egg. Yeah. <laughs> but that there's an underground society more, yeah, more like. Yeah. It's well it's hollow in the sense that it's not completely solid based on what these people think. It's not completely solid the way we think it is or assume that it is now. Okay. But that there's different layers and di- spheres within spheres. Mm-hmm. All right. So and then Agartha and its inhabitants live in one of these spheres and then in that sphere gravity has reversed itself. All right. So anyway, so that's kind of the that's that's so what I they think. Gravity explained to me. Yeah, in, of in course. Person's term. Well, according to a flat earther, gravity is a hoax anyway. Well, we've they're fucking. You're a hoax. <laughs> All right. So he starts out. He's got this uh, journal that he uh, apparently kept on many of his flights, many of his voyages. So you know, oh six hundred hours. All preparations are complete for our flight northward. Uh, we're airborne with full fuel tanks at 0610 hours. Okay. Uh, a lot of the first few entries are just kind of basic. You know, this is what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. Um, let me see when it gets, starts to get good. Well, I'm seeing what they're saying about Central Earth. Mm-hmm. I got it. <clears throat> this, this lends more credibility to it. Not saying I believe in it, but that. Okay. All right. Here we go. 0100 hours. Or I guess that would just be 1,000 hours. Uh, we are crossing over the small mountain range and still proceeding northward as best as can be ascertained. Beyond the mountain range is what appears to be a valley with a small river or stream running through the center portion. There should be no green valley below. Something is definitely wrong and abnormal here. We should be over ice and snow. To the port side are great forests growing on the mountain slopes. Our navigation instruments are still spinning. The gyroscope is oscillating back and forth. All right, so that was kind of the first entry where he's like, "Uh uh-oh, something's going, something's weird here. Okay, um, here we go. 10.05. I alter altitude to 1,400 feet and execute a sharp left turn to better examine the valley below. It is green with either moss or a type of tight-knit grass. The light here seems different. I cannot see the sun anymore. We make another left turn, and we spot what seems to be a large animal or some kind of it below. It appears to be an elephant. No exclamation point. It looks more like a mammoth. This is incredible. Yet there it is. Decrease altitude to 1,000 feet and take binoculars to better examine the animal. It is confirmed. It is definitely a mammoth-like animal. Report this to to base camp. So. So... In the in the in the midst of flying over the North Pole and being like, oh, we're in a green valley. Also, we should, let's look at that animal. Not what the fuck. Not boy, are we lost? I mean, I guess he is a he's, he's, he's an adventurer. If you saw a woolly mammoth, he's a decorated explorer. You'd want to take a second look at that. How far up are you to see a woolly mammoth? He says he's a thousand feet. You could see That's a woolly mammoth from low. Thousand. Yeah. To be flying around uncharted territory. 10.30. Encountering more rolling green hills now. The external temperature indicator reads 74 degrees Fahrenheit. He's supposed to be in the North Pole. It says 74 degrees Fahrenheit. Continuing on our heading now, navigation instruments seem normal. I am puzzled over their actions. Attempt to contact base camp radio is not functioning. Okay, and that one's fairly... Fairly mundane. Uh, where does he... Hold on. This... I. All right. So, again, I want to explore the dude that's publishing this. Because <laughs> everything else, everything else from Dickie Birds is just... Um, like, although they disputed his claim that he got to the North Pole first. There was a race. That's the book I had when I was a kid. There was a race to get to the North Pole first. It was him and I forget who else. Mm-hmm. It was a big, uh, like, who was going to get there first? And that's, I remember reading that book as a kid. Anyway, this guy, okay, so much science, in, not science, but so much actual expeditions 
And plus, they don't bring it up in his Wikipedia article. So how do we know it's true if Wikipedia doesn't report it? 11.35. Our radio crackles and a voice comes through in English with what perhaps is a slight Nordic or Germanic accent. The message is, quote, Welcome, Admiral, to our domain. We shall land you in exactly seven minutes. Relax, Admiral. You're in good hands. So now he's got some radio activity. That's from... Just a voice he hears on his radio. All right, it's who we later figure out is the master. 1140, another radio message received. We begin the landing process now, and in moments the plane shudders slightly and begins a descent as though caught in some great unforeseen elevator. Unseen, not unforeseen, elevator. The downward motion is negligible, and we touch down with only a slight jolt. Okay. Last entry before he lands. 11.45, I am making a hasty last entry in the flight log. Several men are approaching on foot toward our aircraft. They are tall with blonde hair. In the distance is a large shimmering city pulsating with rainbow hues of color. I do not know what is going to happen now, but I see no signs of weapons or those approaching. I hear now a voice ordering me by name to open the cargo, cargo door. I comply. And then it gets really good. Well, then that will be next week's clip. We're doing cliffhangers. Ah. Doing cliffhangers now. All right. Get into really what. Oh, it just. Let's get it. This thing goes deep, man. I'm going to find out more about this weirdo who went to Brazil to. Start a super race and get down to the Middle Earth from there. Hollow Earth. Middle Earth is from that. Uh, uh, it's uh, whatchamacallums. Yeah, it's like the uh, Star Wars. Wh- but with what the, is? Golly. <clears throat> like a like dirty Star Wars. What is it? Earth tone Star Wars. What's well, so that? many What's people are one? screaming at their. Lord of the Rings. You idiots. Lord What's, of that? The rings. What's that Earth tone? What's that mossy Star Wars? <laughs> um, all right. You got a recipe? Yeah, I got a recipe. So you we're got, done with this now. We're, Earth. We're, we're gonna we're gonna do this next week. Finish yeah. it off because there's still a lot we got to get to. Then let's. Hey, we left a little meat on the bone. It's cool. Speaking of meat on the bone, Dave, what's the recipe this week? Recipe this week. Uh, you mentioned it a few weeks ago um, about your trip to Birmingham. You had some great barbecue, and you mentioned <clears throat> white. Sauce. White. Alabama white sauce. I they love... can't even let the sauce be brown in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even... They are... Whoo, boy. Those... They're really they're sticking just, to it. Yeah. Fucking... I love Alabama white sauce. And it really is... You can pretty much only find it in Alabama. And specifically, it's a northern Alabama thing. Um, okay. So they, a lot of people around there just call it North Alabama white sauce. And what it is, it's they call it a barbecue sauce, but it is nothing like a barbecue it sauce. It up on a barbecue. Yeah. It, they, they eat it with barbecue, but it is nothing like a barbecue yeah. sauce, really, that Peppery. you're... That you're and it's, it's mayonnaise-based. So it's obviously well, with, with the white. So I got a... I, there's dozens of different variations, but this is just a real basic one that I've used in the past. And um, really, it goes best, I think, on chicken. Uh, specifically smoked chicken. Mm-hmm. Smoked chicken, uh, well, other than chicken wings, like um, we've talked about smoked chicken wings, but just regular smoked chicken, uh, that's that's lower on the list for many barbecue aficionados. Usually it's pork or brisket or ribs. I smoked anything I am yeah. on board with. But, man, take you some smoked chicken wings. Um, I think I gave that recipe out one time. That just basically rub some wings down with uh, that chicken rub that I gave out just to mix the spices and then smoke them with hickory wood. And then use this damn Alabama white sauce. Real simple. All right. This is, uh, this is a, a good quantity for just a, a regular serving that could feed, you know, four or eight people, whatever. Three-fourths of a cup of mayo. What's your favorite mayo? You, you're sticking to the Miracle Whip? I mean, it, yeah, but if you've got to pick a mayo... Mm-hmm. I've never chosen a brand. I use like a Hellman's. In the South, we love Dukes. Dukes? Dukes mayonnaise. Just something about it. Do you think you could do a mayo taste test and pick one out? I think I could. Like, yeah. I think I could. Really? I think, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to put you to test on that. Yeah, we'll try that. 
Uh, but yeah, people in the South who have access to Duke's mayo, get you hear, some of that. You could hear people throw up from miles away. <laughs> Dave's just eating spoonfuls of different mayos to figure out. Ugh, that, that would be rough. All right. Three-fourths of a cup of mayo, a third of a cup of apple cider vinegar, quarter cup of lemon juice, quarter cup of apple juice. All right. Those are the, the wet ingredients. Throw all that shit in a bowl. Then you got your spices, a tablespoon of garlic powder, tablespoon of fresh ground black pepper. Mm-hmm. I Man, the fresh ground really makes a difference. A lot of people don't have access to that, but... You need to invest in a pepper meal. Yeah. And then buy the whole peppercorns, you know, funnel them down in there like you're putting BBs into a BB gun. Yeah. And just crank that shit. Mm. Mm-hmm. Although I will admit, the one hard thing about the pepper meal, the fr- it's hard to, to quantify it. Like, it's, it's a lot how of work. How much is yeah. how much? Yeah, exactly. So anyway. Get them uh, in cranks. A uh, tablespoon of black pepper, a teaspoon of mustard powder, quarter teaspoon of salt, and a half teaspoon of cayenne pepper. Mix all that shit up. Boom. You got, you got your, yourself some North Alabama white sauce. Northern Alabama white sauce, baby. Put it, throw it in the fridge. Nas. <laughs> and man, put that stuff on. And, and you don't have to actually go to all the trouble to, to make actual barbecue, but throw it on anything. Throw it on a piece of grilled chicken. Throw it, you, use sauces, it. Sauces, yeah. Sauces, yeah. like you use sauce however you see fit. Yeah. And with this specifically, anywhere you would use mayo, just substitute this. Put it on a sandwich, put it on a burger, whatever. Yeah, have a savory sexual experience instead of a sweet one for mm-hmm. once. Yeah, so Alabama white sauce. All right. Comic of the Week. Comic of the Week, you wanted to do uh, Ian Abramson. I want to give a shout-out to Ian Abramson. Funny dude. <clears throat> he's going to be – I think he's doing a half hour, too. Is he? <clears throat> I'm not sure about that. But that guy, uh, I think one of the first times I met him, he, uh, he was on a bill with me in Chicago and – was just like super weird in the best way and like experimenting with what's fun. Like you tell jokes, but very few people experiment with what's funny. Yeah. Like with the style of comedy and the expectations of an audience <clears throat> and not in the full, like, I do not need another fucking, oh, my favorite comic was, uh, what's his slap nuts? Andy. Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. <clears throat> Andy Kaufman, what he did was great. The people that only liked the part where he fucked with an audience, insufferable. Yeah. Like, you understand he knew what comedy was first before doing that. Instead of like, look, I made the audience uncomfortable. That's easy. Pull your dick out and hit it with a hammer in front of people. <laughs> Boy, I'm uncomfortable. It's not good comedy. And actually, that would be more interesting than half of these Andy Kaufman worshippers ever do. The whole thing is about experimenting with audience expectations and what you think might be a joke or the construct of a joke. He's got a joke about time traveling where he goes off the stage. Multiple, this is Ian. Anyway, I think he's phenomenal. I did his show last night. He's got a monthly show, Tuesday nights at the Lyric Hyperion Theater in Silver Lake, California. And he does a show called Seven Minutes in Purgatory. Yeah, I've seen that one. Which I had done. And I was very grateful that, like, he put me in a position where you do comedy in a soundproof room, and it's broadcast live to an audience, but you're just telling your jokes to a camera in a soundproof room. So you have no idea. You're doing your jokes without any reaction, and you have no idea how they go. And I loved it, man. Way to break somebody out. Like, way to break a stand-up out of what they're... Again, like the same thing he does with the audience, he's doing for other stand-ups. Like, fuck with your expectations or what you are used to. Yeah. Anyway, that's my shout-out. Ian Abramson, find his stuff on YouTube, but I think he's got a half hour, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think he's got an album or anything out yet. I mean, he no, obviously he's will. He's if, if you're in L.A., go see him do a spot. But I'm sure he's got some great clips on YouTube and whatnot. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, Ian Abramson, Comic of the Week. Check it out. All right, we gotta get, we gotta find out how hollow this earth is (laughs) next week. Yes, which will be recorded in five minutes from now. Ah, come on. Uh, Dates coming up this week, this weekend. Dave, you got anything? Uh, Anything local coming up? No, no, just uh, doing random spots around LA, but uh, nothing, nothing of any note. But uh, just prepping for my uh, big May tour, hitting St. Louis, Chicago, Cincinnati, Chattanooga, Durham, Athens, Georgia, Birmingham, all kind of places. Yeah, most of America. Yeah. All right. Well, this weekend, uh, tomorrow night, 
Wednesday, 19, they'll be in Boise, Idaho, at, I forgot the name of it, but just Google Canaan and Boise, and you figure it out with the computer. And then the weekend, uh, uh, Tacoma Comedy Club, been there a few times, I like it a lot up there. So, all right. Cool. And that's, we added that on to the episode... They people love knowing the inside stuff, Dave. It makes them feel more connected. Makes them feel like they're here with us instead of us talking down. Like, look at these guys. They don't give a shit. Yeah. The Boogie Monster. Boogie.